0: Welcome to Don't Read Drunk, a podcast about books and booze. I'm Jenny, and I'll be your host. Hi, welcome back. Today we are on episode 75 and talking about Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. So I am working way too much. (laughs) I realized shortly I after I published the last episode, which was two weeks ago. I'm so sorry. I have been working so much and been a little stressed out. So I've missed a couple episodes and a couple weeks here and there. Uh, But I realized shortly after I published that I had reused the same beer as well as shared the same media recommendations. But I do stand by my choice last week that the Brooklyn beer was still a good pairing for Behold the Dreamers. And honestly, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings was good enough to recommend more than once. I seriously loved that movie. And I actually don't really like to watch movies over again so quickly, but that one is one that I could definitely watch again soon. And I know if anybody calls me out on that, that it's going to be Pete when he listens to that episode. So Pete, if you're listening, you probably already texted me though to let me know that I messed up on that. Thank you. (laughs) But if you're listening... I know I did it and it wasn't intentional, but it's definitely like lots of work stuff going on and some personal stuff too. So There's just been so much going on at work that I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed. And I'm an extroverted introvert. So I'm outgoing and I'm friendly, but I definitely need some downtime to recoup and recharge. I had a few weeks there where I wasn't getting any downtime because of all the networking and events I was participating in. And I've got another two weeks coming up here that while I'm really excited about the events that I'm participating in and the events that I'm hosting, it's kind of draining for me emotionally. I've spoken a lot about mental health and about my mental health and how important I think that is. It's really important for me to recognize my own needs and how I can be cognizant of them. Thankfully, this week I had a bit of time to reset and get mentally prepared for the intense weeks ahead of me reading is a huge part of that for me as well. Sometimes I get caught up in listening to podcasts because it's easier. And if I get a little distracted, I'm not always missing a lot. It's just kind of a different experience. But reading both physical books, ebooks, and listening to audiobooks is an important part of my life and it's so important for me to take time for and i haven't been able to do that a ton in the past couple of weeks either i haven't been reading as much as i wanted to or listening to to the audiobooks as much as i have wanted to and i know that's important that i make sure that that's a part of my life and that's a part of my focus too i've been looking for my person too i've shared a little bit about that but I figured out that the person I need to focus most on is me right now. So I definitely took a break from that dating scene and everything. I just, I don't know if that's where I need to be putting my focus right now. I think I need to be focusing on me. And of course, the kid two weeks ago, I talked about how being a parent is so important to me but also as the saying goes, you can't pour from an empty pitcher and I've gotta make sure that I am a priority in my own life. <laughs> and it was funny cause some of my business partners actually sent an email out this week that was about self care and giving yourself grace. And I was like, oh, I needed this this week and I needed this as a reminder. So <laughs> it was really perfect. Let's get into the booze for this week. It is a new booze. I'm not repeating the same one, Again, that repeat was kind of unintentional because <clears throat> sometimes I I prep my like um, my notes ahead of time, and I just thought that it was something different and it sounded familiar. And I drink obviously, you know, a, a bunch of different beers and wines to sample for the podcast, so I'm not always sure what I've used and what I've shared before. So sometimes it gets a little goofy. Anyways. Maybe I'm just a northerner, but when I think of the South, I think of Abita beer. So what better pairing for a book set in the steamy marsh in North Carolina than a nice cold amber Abita? Abita is a Louisiana brewing company, and I do love Louisiana too. With the most recent storms that we've had here in Wisconsin, I am definitely dreaming about a trip south. (laughs) Abita Amber is just a good solid beer. It's crisp with a malty and light caramel flavor. According to the website, it's a Munich-style lager brewed with pale and calmer caramel, caramel, however you want to pronounce it. I guess I pronounce it more caramel versus caramel. Caramel malts and German pearl hops. It apparently was the first beer offered at the brewery and continues to be one of their top selling beers, which makes sense because it's a very solid amber beer. Also, according to the website, it has been voted best beer in numerous New Orleans reader polls and is used frequently in recipes of great Louisiana chefs which I would love to hear more about. And of course, thinking about Louisiana chefs makes me think about a trip to the South and how much I want to be there. (laughs) It's got a rich flavor while it's still mild enough that I think it would be excellent in cooking. I regularly make beer bread and this would not only be a good choice for beer bread, but also for like beer battered fish or onion rings, which if you're not from Wisconsin or even the United States, you may not know that like beer battered, Beer battered fried fish is a thing, and also beer battered onion rings. So it would be a good choice for that too. It comes in at 4.5 AVB and is only 17 IBUs. So it's only mildly hoppy. Personally, I would pair this with a good fish fry, especially with Lent coming up here. Not that I'm religious, but here in Wisconsin, that just means even more fish fry than normal. Or if you want to get into that southern vibe of both this beer and the book this week, then I would pair it with a shrimp creole and some hush puppies. And now I'm craving hush puppies. I've got to try to make them. I'm actually thinking about doing it this weekend because I cannot find good hush puppies in Milwaukee. There's one Cajun restaurant that I haven't been to in a while, but it was um, one of the better places. And my old favorite place for Southern food that I've been going to, they changed their recipe and honestly, their hush puppies are like lead balls and I hate them now. They used to be so light and airy and delicious and now they're just bad. So I guess I'm going to have to go to that other Cajun restaurant and try it out. But honestly, it is hard to find good Southern cooking here in Wisconsin. Or as I said, maybe I just need to go on a trip down south and satisfy all of my food cravings. <laughs> As far as the author goes, of course, I've been hearing about Where the Crawdads Sing for a long time now, but I hadn't heard of Delia Owens. And this week's author definitely has a fascinating backstory, and it adds a little controversy and intrigue to the story this week. So the basics from Wikipedia are Delia Owens was born in 1949. She's an American author, zoologist, and conservatist. She's best known, of course, for her 2018 novel, Where the Crawdads Sing. Owens was born and raised in southern Georgia, where she spent most of her life in or near true wilderness. She received a Bachelor of Science in Zoology from the University of Georgia and a PhD in Animal Behavior from the University of California, Davis. She's got a very interesting, more in depth biography on her webpage, too. So, um, from her website. Delia was born in southern Georgia and grew up riding horses in the woods around Thomasville. Her mother, also an outside girl, encouraged Delia to explore far into the oak forest saying, go out yonder where the crawdads sing. Her mother taught her how to hike without stepping on rattlesnakes and, most important, not to be afraid of critters of any kind. Which, honestly, I mean, it's not that you need to be afraid, but you definitely need to be cautious and aware and make sure that you are safe. You're protecting yourself and you're making sure that those critters are safe too. So I don't know how I feel about that statement that I just read there. Anyways, Delia went on to spend most of her life in or near true wilderness. And since childhood has thought of nature as a true companion, one of her best friends. Delia's strong bond with the families of a small town and her close relationships with girlfriends have stayed with her all her life. Her novel is dedicated to three friends she's cherished since second grade. Those close relationships and Delia's intimate connections with nature have influenced her studies and her writing. Even at this early age, Delia loved writing. In the sixth grade of her small grammar school, she won first place in a writing competition and felt sure this meant she would one day become a writer. Since her family spent some time every summer in the mountains of North Carolina, Delia has a special attachment to the wild and beautiful places of that state. Where the Crawdads Sing is based in the lush Carolina coastal marsh. By the time she started university, she had decided to pursue a career in science instead of literature. She received a Bachelor of Science degree in zoology, which I said before um, PhD animal behavior, blah, blah, blah. She's got a lot more where she goes even more in depth on her life as well. But the most interesting part maybe, and something that the media has certainly grasped onto is the link that Owens has to an unsolved murder. And I've linked several articles in the show notes that you can check out about this. And it happened while Owens was living with her now ex-husband in Zambia. And I'll summarize from Wikipedia because I I read some of the articles and I just like the way that Wikipedia laid it out. So that's why I'm summarizing from Wikipedia. So here goes. Owen's former husband, Mark, has been accused of operating a, quote, shoot to kill policy against poachers while the couple was living in Zambia. ABC News aired a report in 1996 entitled Deadly Game, the Mark and Delia Owens story, which I was going to try to look for, and I've just been so busy that I kind of forgot about it until I'm talking about it now. So I did not see this, and I am still interested, and I would still like to find this if it's available. I don't know if it's on YouTube or maybe streaming somewhere. But the report featured the killing of a poacher in Zambia allegedly committed by Delia S- stepson Christopher. To this day, Delia Owens denies the incident, explaining she was not involved and there was never a case. However, her 2018 best-selling novel, Where the Crawdads Sing, has aroused suspicion from those on her book tour about the parallels between the main character, Kaya, and her case and Delia's own alleged accusation. In the year 2022, Reese Witherspoon had taken the movie rights for her production company to bring the novel to screen. After the movie was released in July 2022, Zambia confirmed the murder case was still open and Delia, Christopher, and Mark Owens were still wanted in Zambia for questioning. The Owenses have denied the accusations. No charges were brought against Owens or her ex-husband, Mark, or stepson, Christopher. Christopher. Zambian officials told Jeffrey Goldberg, a journalist and editor-in-chief of the Atlantic magazine, that they didn't believe Owens is a suspect. However, they do believe that she is the most important witness. Personally, I think it's just the nature of the media and people to be naturally interested in true crime and an unsolved murder, especially once it's been linked to a best-selling author. After reading all the articles that I did read, I didn't read every single article, of course. I think it's just exaggerated as a detractor for those who don't like Owens or the book to grasp onto, though I do think I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't at least mention it here. So I wanted to share not to be sensationalist, but at least to kind of talk about it and at least mention it. But I think it's a little blown out of proportion, whether or not, you know, he's guilty, um, her stepson, I mean, whether or not he's guilty, I think, um, I think Owens is not involved. Getting into the book this was not a book I had planned on reading at all <laughs> I read some reviews about it and while I said I don't usually read reviews I saw just enough like talk about this one and enough to read some reviews to see if it was something that I wanted to read and for me the answer was no I really wasn't planning on this at all then my mom read it and asked if I'd read it I'd started it on audible a while back and thought I just wasn't gonna I' gonna get into it. So I started listening to it. It didn't seem like it was for me. So I told her I didn't think it was for me and asked her what she thought and she really enjoyed it. But I just wasn't super interested. Then one of my best friends saw the movie and asked if I saw or read the book and I said no that I'd read some reviews and it just kind of seemed eh to me. Then my supervisor and mentor asked if I had read it. She was going over my yearly plan, which includes some personal goals as well as career career goals and my goal is to read 100 books this year since i got so close last year of course i didn't meet that goal and the way things are going i might not meet it again <laughs> this year because i'm working instead of reading so much but i'm going to try anyways she started talking about it and said this was one of the very few books that made her cry and that she really liked it so i decided to give it another chance because these three really important women in my life really loved it and I thought, fine, I'll give it a shot again. And while I don't have my audible subscription anymore since I found scribed and I feel like that's a better service for me and my budget. Um, which again, if you haven't tried Scribed, check it out in the link to my show notes and you can get 60 days free, but, and where the crowd thing thing is not unscribed, but I do find it, um, worth my time and my money. But I had bought this one on Audible before I got rid of it. So I went back to Audible to listen to Where the Crowd Ads Sing. I really liked the narration on this one. And the book's not perfect, or the narration perfect, but I thought it was a very solid performance. It's narrated by Cassandra Campbell, who has narrated many other well-known books by authors like Jodi Picoult, Anne Rule, and John Grisham. And I liked how she narrated the lead character, Kaya. If you've been living under a rock like me and not read or maybe not even heard of Where the Crawdads Sing, it's the story of a young girl who grows up virtually alone in the marshes of North Carolina. It's also part murder mystery in which our main character, Kaya Clark, is embroiled in the mystery. I'm not from North Carolina. I've actually never been to North Carolina, so I don't know about any of the inconsistencies with the story as far as location, but that's definitely something that people had an issue with. I will say I've read some books set in Wisconsin written by authors who may or may not be from Wisconsin, and I try not to get too caught up in the logistics of it all. I don't get too heavy in the details of like how far away the police station might be from downtown or where exactly a specific neighborhood is located. Though I would say as a writer, I would try not to put anything out that I didn't feel like was adequately researched. And of course, maybe those authors did feel like it was adequately researched and they just got some details wrong because their research was wrong or whatever reason. So for it, it doesn't really make a difference to me. It's not a totally make or break type of thing, The details of marsh living and wildlife. However, I would expect to be nicely researched and I don't know enough about wildlife and nature on the North Carolina coast to hold the author accountable here for that. (laughs) That didn't seem like as big of an issue for people who live in North Carolina as the other logistics. So I'm hoping she got that right, but I can't make any assurances on that piece of things. I'm not a bird person at all. My son is, and so I've gotten into it enough to try to start identifying birds and encourage his interest, but not so much that there's my own personal interest. I find the wildlife of the marsh to be an interesting piece of the story, though, In Wisconsin, we have a lot of marshes, and one that I drive through pretty regularly is the Horicon Marsh. Marsh, not March, although now it is March. So, anyways, I picture that in my mind a lot, (laughs) and I will say that it's inspired me to spend some time hiking through the Horicon Marsh this summer. We've always talked about it when we spend a week up in the area each summer on vacation. We've never actually been to the Horicon Marsh to like hike around and stuff. Again, drive through pretty regularly, so we all make it a priority to do this year. There are some hiking trails and wildlife refuge that I think would be good for both the boy and for me. Maybe if we'd done that prior, then I'd know a little bit more about marsh life. <laughs> Another huge issue that people have with the story is the unrealistic idea of Kaya as a character. This next part doesn't really give much away, but it may contain some light spoilers, so just a heads up on that. Kaya comes from a very poor family with an abusive father. Slowly and one by one, each member of her family leaves to find a better life for themselves. Finally, it's just Kaya and her father who forge a bit of a bond. Then he eventually leaves too. People find it extremely hard to suspend their disbelief that Kaya at her young age would be able to survive living in a shack in the marsh that she would, with no medical or dental care, grow up to become a beautiful young woman who has all her teeth. (laughs) And to be honest, that's my biggest issue with the book. A young girl growing up in those circumstances would be unlikely to be very healthy and be well-versed in good hygiene. Kaya has been accused of being the characterization of a male fantasy and that this beautiful wildflower, who was taught to read by a young man who adores her takes off with this limited learning to become a brilliant writer who has above average intellect regarding the biology around her. Yeah, it can be hard to believe. For me, honestly, it was a fatal flaw for getting a great rating. Now, not to say I didn't enjoy the book. I actually did enjoy the book. And I put it in the category of the cozy mysteries that I like to read. While they aren't always the best writing, the stories tend to be a bit cliche. The characters are a little flat and tried at times, but they are entertaining. I will say honestly, though, I think some of my cozy mysteries are a little bit better written than this book. But it is a bestseller for a reason. And if you're not looking for too much in this book, then it is enjoyable and it can be enjoyable. If you're gonna like do what I did and kind of pick the things apart and read the reviews, it might not be as enjoyable for you because do think maybe I would have enjoyed it more had I not read some of those reviews ahead of time. Even though overall Kaya is written more as a beauty from the male gaze, I do like her strength and in independence. While it might be unlikely for a girl who can't read until she's in her preteens to end up reading college level textbooks and find them both interesting and educational, it's a nice idea. She gets support from Jumpin' and his wife, but is a hard worker and definitely just doesn't survive on charity. I think part of the unrealistic Piece of this is that Kaya is so motivated despite her upbringing. For those of us who have had a great upbringing, that type of motivation can be really hard to maintain. Not that I don't think that I work hard or have motivation, but with Kaya, it seems a little too easy. Owens really details the struggles of being poor. But to come from that environment and achieve the level of success that Kaya does would require a whole different struggle that really isn't detailed in the book. And I think that's part of what people find too unrealistic, that Kaya seems too well adjusted for all that she's going through, or all that she has gone through. While she certainly has her quirks, the mental anguish of the abandonment by her entire family, the challenges of being an outsider, the abuse on her body living without medical care and on the diet she's been on for her whole life the isolation, and honestly, the list goes on and on. It would be a lot for anyone to handle, yet Kaya is only a little quirky and also ends up being brilliant. (laughs) And I get that that's not the story that Owens wanted to tell, and she focused more on the wildlife and the beauty of nature. It's a specific type of book, though I can understand how it's not for everyone. There were a few parts that I got a little emotional, but more so because of the kindness and the cruelty in people that the book only briefly overviews, not so much due to my investment in the characters. I wasn't invested in Kaya really at all. I did enjoy jumping in his wife, but they were a little one-dimensional and a bit stereotypical of people of color. The big like reveals at the end were both unrealistic and not a total surprise for me. Spoiler alert. So just skip ahead for about 30 seconds here. And I'm just going to tell you to, um, you know, pause it and skip ahead. If you don't want to hear that spoiler, uh, it'll be just about 30 seconds and then you can start back up again. But the first reveal of her being this like famous poet was a little laughable. The second reveal of her being a killer was pretty obvious. I mean, of course she did it. Else had a really good reason. There weren't any other characters for it to logically be anyone else. So that was not a huge surprise for me at all. Personally, I gave this one a two out of five, though this is why I shouldn't re- read reviews before I read a book. My opinions might have been skewed by the opinions that I read about the book before I read about the book itself or I read the actual book itself. Again, not that I didn't enjoy it. I liked the atmosphere. A trip south definitely needs to be in my future but it just was not my favorite. Goodreads gives it a 4.42. One reviewer said it's a gentle yet symbolic depiction of the valiant survival of Kaya Clark. Mother Nature has quite literally become Kaya's caretaker. The writing is beautiful. Prose is so unique and breathtaking. Another reviewer said, quote, my apologies to everyone who loved this, but unfortunately I did not and no one is sadder than me. The monotony of the writing almost did me in. The other big issue is that the story is pretty hard to believe. And another reviewer said, quote, oh, how beautifully mesmerizing this book is. I've moved this book to the number one spot in on my list of favorite books of 2018. This book is masterfully written with outstanding character development. Although I find that interesting because most of the characters I found to be more flat stereotypes other than Kaya herself. And again, this just goes into like how fascinating it is between the differences of some people. Like some people just absolutely adored this book and others, it wasn't their favorite book at all. Media recommendations this week, the Truer Blood podcast. So there are only 11 episodes of this great podcast featuring Deborah Ann Woll, who played Jessica on True Blood, and Kristen Bauer, who played the incredible Pam. As I've mentioned before, some of my favorite novels are the Southern Vampire Mysteries or the Stookie Stackhouse books, and True Blood is based on that series. Well, I didn't love True Blood, it still is part of Sookie's world and I still enjoy watching it. The podcast features Wool and Bauer watching the show for the first time because they hadn't watched it when they came out. They just acted in it. And so they're talking about it, then interviewing cast and crew members. It's such an incredible fun. And if you were a fan of True Blood or you like vampire dramas, check out the podcast and the show. Since we're also on the topic of the South and Sookie's stat- Stackhouse, I also found the podcast Living Dead in Austin, which reviews the books. So I've been listening to both these podcasts, the books, and watching True Blood. It's been overwhelmingly sooky in Louisiana for me lately, rather like than doing the other things that I should be doing. And it's really feeding that desire to spend some time in New Orleans or the South as soon as I possibly can. Living Dead in Austin is done by the Armadillo Podcasting Club, which is comprised of Alice Sullivan, Micah Sparkman, and Jeff Lake, And I really like the three of them. And they also have several other podcasts doing book reviews on long series, such as Harry Potter and the Wheel of Time. So I'm going to be checking out their other podcasts as well. I really enjoy their banter and their thoughts on the series. So if you're not a Sookie fan, you might still want to check out some of their other podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Don't Read Drunk. You can email me at Don't Read Drunk at gmail.com and check out my website at don'treaddrunk.budsprout.com. This is a hobby podcast, so if you'd like to help support this podcast, you can provide a one time donation on PayPal using my email, don'treaddrunk at gmail.com. Just a reminder there is no apostrophe in the don'ts on any of those. You can also support this podcast by becoming a patreon at patreon.com/ don't read drunk. Thank you to my sponsors Aaron Ruiz at One up till Sunup who created the music. You can find one up on sunup one up till sunup on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Also Avenue Coffee House, you can find them on Facebook and their website at avenue-coffeehouse.com. They've also opened up Supernova Coffee and Donuts in downtown Milwaukee, and their donuts are fabulous. Next episode, I'll be talking about Wildflower by Drew Barrymore. Bye, and talk to you soon.